This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Wednesday, the 5th of January, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network will allow you to go online, change your location, access whatever it is you're geo-blocked from, while also keeping your data safe. LibertyShield.com. Use the code EPL599 and get your first month for one quid. $6.99 thereafter, but there's no contract no long-term commitment, instant download to your devices, get using straight away. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. Use that code EPL599, first month for one quid. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you will find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 and RED10 on the respective sites to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, uh, I'm not feeling great today. Got my vaccine booster yesterday, so if I sound a little spacey, that is why, but we're going to get through this today. Largely transfer-related stuff today. A few deals already done. Going to speculate on some other things as well, what teams might need this month. And uh, we'll start first and foremost, though, with the news that Arsenal versus Liverpool has been postponed because of a COVID outbreak at Liverpool. Liverpool have as many as 14 first-team players now contracting COVID, as well as the manager, the assistant manager, and all of their coaching staff. The biggest issue is it looks like all the goalkeepers have been tested positive so that's why they've had to have this game postponed Arsenal fans aren't happy I can understand not being happy about the game being postponed but if roles were reversed you'd very much want the game postponed 
Arsenal fans continually tell me that they're back, they're going to be great, and yet they seem scared to play a strong Liverpool team. They want some sort of advantage when Liverpool are hammered by COVID. The AXA training ground has been closed. Nobody is training at Liverpool right now and won't be for a couple of days. Whether or not their FA Cup game at the weekend is postponed or not, we don't yet know, but I'd imagine they will be applying to have it moved. Uh, what this means is that the first leg will now be at Anfield next Thursday with the second leg at the Emirates the following week. Arsenal have agreed to this move. Arsenal have been very fair about this, the club themselves. So credit to them and credit to Liverpool. Look, the, they went the right way about this. They followed all the guidelines, all the protocols. This was just an unavoidable incident where the game had to be postponed. Um, they followed the rules. And, and for those saying Liverpool should have to forfeit, there's no rule that says that at all. The rules are very clear. If you can't read them, that's probably a you issue, not a Liverpool issue, certainly not a me issue. Uh, the rules are very clear. Have a read of them and they will explain them to you. And as for the late Orient example that Arsenal fans want to throw around, Liverpool applied to call this game off 48 hours before the game, Leighton Orient told Spurs an hour before kickoff, we don't have a team. That's what happened there. Uh, so apples and oranges. Let's move on then. Um, Newcastle have agreed a 12 million plus add-ons fee for England fullback Kieran Trippier. The 31-year-old is set to be Newcastle's first signing under Eddie Howe and the new Saudi ownership. Atletico Madrid taking a bit of a haircut on the player they bought for £20 million back in 2019. He's set to have a medical today and he'll be reunited with Eddie Howe who signed him when Howe was the Burnley manager. Trippier is a good player. Um, right back wasn't really a position of need for Newcastle going into this window. You have Mankiw, you have Kraft, both of them defensively are better than Trippier. Trippier is a much better attacking player. But when you've got the worst defence in the league, I'm not sure taking out the most stable part of that and replacing them with a below-average defender is the correct move. Uh, the tune though, do seem like they're going to be busy this month. They've been linked with a number of other players. Sven Botman, of course, has been linked, but it looks like he's turned them down. Luca Dina has been linked. They definitely have a bunch of needs. Right back wasn't necessarily one of them, but it's it's a big name signing for them. Kieran Trippier is an, an England international. He's coming off a good season for Atletico Madrid last year where he did win the Spanish title. Um, we'll see how it works out. There's allegedly no relegation release clause. I wouldn't imagine Trippier is willing to take any sort of pay cut if they get relegated. So rumours are it's 150000 a week. That could be an awful lot of money to be paying in the championship, but I don't know that they'll care all that much. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is set to leave Arsenal and join Roma on loan for the rest of the season. Straight loan, no option to buy. I really like Maitland-Niles. I think he's a very good player, and I think he'll do well at Roma. A couple of English players there already, Chris Smalling and Tammy Abraham. You'll have some familiarity with them. Henrik Mkhitaryan, former Arsenal teammate, he's there as well. So 
there won't be strange faces. He will, I think, walk in and settle fairly quickly. I hope he does really well. I really want him to go to Crystal Palace in the summer. I think he'd be a really good fit there. Could play right back, could play in midfield. If they lose Gallagher, Maitland-Niles could be a decent replacement for him. But I wish him all the best. I really hope he does well uh, at Roma. It's always nice to see players taking the chance and going abroad. Uh, Wolves have signed Heu Kawabi from Grasshopper Zurich, but the player will return now on loan for the rest of the season. He's a 26-year-old Japanese international. Don't know much about him. An attacking midfielder, very energetic, very busy, according to Wolves technical director Scott Sellers. He's a player we've watched a lot and he's done really well this season. He's good quality. He's really shone at Grasshoppers this summer. Uh, he had four goals and three assists in 18 appearances so far this season. Fair play. Um, I hope he does well, but not a player I'm overly familiar with. But we do seem to be seeing more and more Japanese players come to the UK now. Uh, Celtic have signed three this month after the success of obviously their summer signing. Uh, they've brought in three more. And... Liverpool of Taki Minamino. I think we'll see a couple more start to appear in the next um, the next year or so. Uh, Hatete, Maeda, Furuhashi was the one who went to Celtic in the summer. Uh, Hatete and Maeda are the ones they've signed this month. I can't think of the name of the third one, but it's not really all that important at the moment. Uh, Ishmael Asar has been released by Watford for the African Cup of Nations. There's obviously been a little bit of controversy about this. Senegal called him up. Watford refused to release him because he's been out injured since November. He has knee ligament injuries. And they invited Senegal to send their own doctor and assess the injury. And uh, Senegal have said, no, you'll have to send him to us. So he's now flying to Senegal where he'll be assessed by Senegalese doctors. I really hope he doesn't play in the AFCON. I really hope he doesn't. It would be, I think, a bad move for him, for Watford, obviously, and for Senegal, if he were to play coming off the back of a serious knee injury. Um, let's run through the rest of the transfers that have taken place this summer. So after this, this window... Aston Villa have loaned Keenan Davies to Nottingham Forest. Brentford have signed Jonas Lossel from Mittelland. Decent goalkeeper, obviously spent some time at Huddersfield, some time at Everton. Uh, he'll add some depth there with David Rea out for a while. Brighton have signed Kasper Kozlowski, the young Polish midfielder. He'd been linked with Liverpool. Brighton have done really well at targeting Polish talent. Jakob Moder, uh, Mikkel Kozlowski, and now... Um, no, Mikkel Karbonik and now Kasper Kozlowski. He's meant to be incredibly talented and they've got a really gifted group of midfielders there. And if Graham Potter can ever get over his fetish for Adam Lallana, I think we'll start to see some of these boys thrive. They've also loaned out Aaron Connolly to Middlesbrough. Burnley have brought in Jacob, oh, sorry, loaned out Jacob Badeau to Morecambe. He's a talented player, came through at Bury. Went to Villa. It didn't really work for him. He went to Scunthorpe then after that. Burnley snapped him up. 
he hasn't really developed the way he was expected to. Like when he was 15, 16, there was talk of him being a future England international. Uh, he's now 22. It was Scunthorpe he went to between Villa and Burnley. Um, I hope he does well. I really do. It, it's it's difficult for defenders to develop if they move too early. And he moved too early. Villa was the wrong place for him to go. That was a club in 2017 who were in disarray. But obviously, Bury needed to sell for financial reasons. But that wasn't the right move for him. I think a League One club would have been a better, and you know, another League One club because Bury were in League One at the time. But another League One club would have been a better fit for him, and he might have got a lot more games. Uh, Crystal Palace have loaned out Jacob, say Jake O'Brien, to Swindon Town. Everton have done really well. Vitaly Michalenko, they've brought in from Dino Kiev, really good young left back. Not as good as Luka Dina, but much better defensively. And they've brought in Nathan Patterson, finally filling that problematic right-back spot. Seamus Coleman, as much as I, I I love Seamus Coleman, he is well past his best. And this just makes a lot of sense. Now, I think it's 12 million rising to 16 for Patterson and like 19 rising to 23 for Michaelenko. The sale of Lucadinia would cover both of those deals and Everton would be a better team. But there's also the possibility that they could keep Dina, play him as a left wing back with a back three, play Michaelenko on the left of that back three. Patterson could play as a right wing back. Ben Godfrey as the right-sided centre-back in the three. They would need one centre-back. As things stand, they need one centre-back anyway. Even to play a back four, you've got Patterson, you've got Godfrey, you need one, and then you've got Michael Anko because, let's be fair, Michael Keane just isn't it. And Yerry Mina can't stay fit. So they need a centre-back regardless, but it might be worth keeping Luka Dinian and going with that back three. Play Alan and Decoure in midfield. And then you've got Gray, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison as the front three in a 3-4-3. That's a strong team. That's a really strong team. That might be something worth considering if Benitez and Dina's relationship is salvageable. Uh, Leeds have brought in Mateo Joseph Fernandez from Espanyol. Uh, I think he's 19 fees in the region of 900,000. Leeds, again, just doing really well to snap up young players. Um, it seems to be what they do. They target and, and scout young players really, really well. Ryan Edmondson has left the club on loan to go to Port Vale. Uh, Liverpool have sold Tony Gallagher to St. Johnston and Morgan Boys to Livingston, two players that didn't quite make the grade at Anfield. Manchester City obviously sold Ferran Torres to Barcelona. Uh, Manchester United have loaned Taden Menji uh, to Birmingham City on loan. He's one who's meant to be hugely, hugely promising, a young centre-back. Uh, hopefully he has a better career path over the next couple of years than Axel Tunzebi, who they really have made a mess of. Um, this is his second loan. He was on loan at Derby last season, and now he's obviously going on loan to Birmingham, so best of luck to him. Uh, Tom Dixon-Peters has left Norwich on loan for Gillingham. Southampton, Sam McQueen has retired. That's a hard one because he's a very talented young left-back. 
who suffered a horrendous injury on loan. He was on loan at Middlesbrough and he was playing against Crystal Palace. It's just a horrendous injury. And then infection after infection after infection. He has retired uh, at the age of just 26. But his career was over basically at 23. Like That's really hard. Really, really hard. He was someone that Saints had a lot of hope for. But it is what it is, unfortunately. Hopefully he stays in the game. He seems like an intelligent lad. He could be a good coach. But we'll wait and see. Uh, Jack Bycroft has also left Southampton on loan. He's gone to Dorchester. Watford have been busy. Maduka Okoye coming in from Sparta Rotterdam. He is a goalkeeper. He's gone back on loan to Sparta for the rest of the season. They've also signed Hassan Kamara from Nice. Very good young left back. Well, he's not young, actually. He's 26, I think. He's a very good player. I think two years ago, two years ago, maybe he was in the League One team of the year with Nice. But he's a good player. That's a really good signing. I'm a little bit surprised they've been able to get him. Um, especially without any real competition for his signature. And then Wolves have signed Kuabe, so that's that one as well. So that's all the deals that we've had done in the Premier League so far. Um, I'd imagine we will see a lot more in the coming week. There's obviously a long time left in this transfer window. But I do think it's going to be a bit of a busy one. I really do think it's going to be a bit of a busy one. So we'll wait and see what else happens uh, with Premier League clubs in this transfer window. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to go through all 20 teams and one area they could do with strengthening in this transfer window. Then we've got the gossip and then we're at the door. All right, seen a few. Right, welcome back. So, uh, before we get into um, going through the Premier League teams and what they need to do, should point out that didn't talk about yesterday because there was no show. Manchester United played Wolves on Monday night, and it did not go well. Let's just say it did not go well. United nil, Wolves won. Wolves absolutely dominated the game, carved United apart at will. Really should have scored three or four in this game. Uh, the United team notable for the return of Phil Jones after over two years out of the game. Jones has had no luck at all with injuries. It's easy to mock Phil Jones because of you know the Phil Jones face and all that different type of stuff. But it is worth remembering, when Phil Jones was breaking through at Blackburn, he was seen as the, the next great English defender. He was going to be the successor to John Terry in the national team. Natural leader, fearless defender, great in the air, good on the ground, could play in midfield, could play right back. Unfortunately for him, going to United at such a young age, he joined United at just 19, they stole him from under the nose of Liverpool. He had to basically fit in where there was a need. And... He played a lot of right back. He played a lot of holding midfield, played some centre back, played a few games at left back. And that didn't really help his development at all. And he has never come close to being the player he should have become. 
really unfortunate for Jones because I, I do really think he was a potential top-end defender. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he just didn't develop. I still think there's a player there. And like I say, he is only 29. I'd love to see him get a, a move away from United in this window. I'd love to see him go to somewhere like Burnley would be perfect. That deep block of Dyches where he's only having to defend small spaces, not been asked to do too much. I really do think he could do quite well at a club like Burnley. But it's just great to see him back playing after so long out. And when you look at the injury issues that he's had, it's it's really unfortunate. Like, you hear it all the time about players just being injury prone. But, I mean, since joining United in 2012, back injury, knee injury, ankle injury, that was his first, that was 12-13. He missed 24 games through injuries. 13-14, knee injury, concussion, shoulder injury. He misses eight games. 14-15, hamstring injury, shin bone injury, ankle injury. He misses 15 games. 15-16, venous occlusion, sprained ankle, sprained ankle, ankle injury. He misses 32 games. 16-17, knee injury, toe injury, misses 23 games. 17-18, hamstring injury, hamstring injury. He misses 13 games. 18-19, uh, hamstring injury, ill, knock. He misses 11 games. 19-20, knock, and then a knee injury. And we have not seen Phil Jones since that last knee injury in 19-20. He missed 81 games. Between the start of the 1920 season and now, he's missed 78 with that one injury. 78 games with one injury. That is horrendous. So, and obviously he's been, it's more than that because this was his first appearance. He's been back training or, or working his way back in training since September. But count all the games since September as well. And it's over 100 games. Over 100 games missed with one injury. That is really, really rough. So I'd like to see Phil Jones get a move. But United, I mean, this was a mess. They were absolutely terrible. And I thought Bruno Lage just completely deconstructed the United approach. In about a three-minute interview, after the game, he broke down how to expose this setup of Ralph Ranić. There's a lot of problems at United. A lot of problems. And one of the big problems is when you play a box midfield the way they're trying to do, and your fullbacks are Aaron Wambasaka and Luke Shaw, you've got no real outball. When your kind of attacking midfielders are Greenwood and Sancho, who are both wingers by nature, well, Greenwood's actually more of a striker, but Sancho's a winger, you're not really going to get a natural fit in those central areas when they come as the two number 10s. You've also got a 35-year-old Cavani and a 37-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo up front. And Cristiano was appalling in this game once again, and yet he stayed on for the whole game. 
Sancho and Greenwood hold off. Greenwood was playing really well. There's a lot of talk of unrest in the United camp. Uh, players unhappy with the manager. Players unhappy about Cristiano being untouchable and different things. All that money spent. All that money spent. And I mean, look at the 11 they're putting out. De Gea, a couple of years past his best. Juan Bissaka, 50 million average at best. Phil Jones hadn't played in two years. Rafa Varane, it hasn't worked for him so far. I still think he'll, he'll turn out to be very good for them. Luke Shaw was great last year when no fans were around. With fans back, he looks like the player he did in the years previous to that. Scott McTominay tries his best, but he's a bang average player. Nemanja Matic is well past his best. Greenwood and Sancho are just hampered by Cristiano not doing any off-the-ball work. And Cavani, while he still gives us all doesn't have the legs anymore still lethal in front of goal but just doesn't have the legs anymore you know Marcus Rashford coming on his development has been hampered by Cristiano Bruno came off the bench his performances have just been completely torpedoed by Cristiano uh Alanga another talented winger he's he's not going to develop while Cristiano's doing Cristiano things so they've got major problems major major problems one funny thing though is that you know, there was no real drop-off from Harry Maguire to Phil Jones. That's notable. That is very notable. It's also kind of funny that Phil Jones is 29. Now, he will turn 30 in a couple of weeks, but, you know, we think of Phil Jones as having been around forever. Harry Maguire's 29 in early March. There's only a year and a month between them. And yet Maguire was so late onto the scene as any kind of, you know, reputable player um, that it feels like Jones is much older than Maguire. But yeah, there's only a year between them. Um, right. What was I going to do? Oh, I was going to do, yeah, one need for everybody. So let's start at the top of the league, Manchester City. So you look at the City team, great goalkeeper. No, no, he's not a great goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper. Uh, he's great with his feet. Strong at centre-back. Four good options there. Good options at right-back. Kinsale's a great left-back. Zinchenko's a decent option there. You could probably do it one more at left-back. That's probably one thing they could do with. Um, they'll need to find a replacement for Fernandinho as a backup to, Rod- to Rodri, but that's probably a move for the summer. I think you can hold off on the left back of the summer as well. If I was them and I was going to do anything this window, I'd look to bring in another goal-scoring wide forward. I've said his name before for them. I think Mikel Oyarzabal would be tremendous for them. I think he's the type of player whose positional movement, his versatility, his intelligence, and his, his finishing ability, I think all of those things would combine to make him the perfect signing for Manchester City can play all across that front three, which suits perfectly with how Pep wants to play with that sort of five-man carousel where they all interchange, where there's movement, back cuts, screens, everything works really well. They make it an absolute nightmare to try and defend against. I think Mikel Oyarzabal would be perfect for them, but a a goal-scoring wide player is what I would look for. Uh, For Chelsea, I mean... You've got a good goalkeeper. I don't particularly think any of the centre-backs are great, but I think as a combined unit, they do work much better than they are individually. 
Uh, Thiago Silva signed a new contract. Still no word on Christensen, Aspilicueta, or Rudiger yet. Um, Reese James is out for a while, but they've got options at right back. They could maybe do it looking at a left wing back. Uh, Alonso's not nearly as bad as people make him out to be. He can't defend very well, but he's good going forward. Maybe you want some depth there. They've got really good options in the centre midfield. They've got loads of good forward players. I do think probably a left wing back is probably where they need to go in this window. Now, they've been linked with Luca Dina. He would make sense, although does it make sense to spend $35 million on a player that you probably don't need come the summertime when Chilwell is back? Uh, for Liverpool, they need a couple of things. They need, uh, they definitely need one in midfield, a starting midfielder to go with Fabinho and Thiago. Uh, Henderson has just been so poor this year that that's just not something that can carry on. You could do the backup right back for Trent. Ideally, you'd like to see them bring in one more in the forward line, but I think if they were to do something now, I think a, a starting midfielder would be the move. Um, for Arsenal, they need someone that can control the game in the middle of the park. That's their biggest concern, is that they've got nobody who can actually dictate a game from the middle of the field. Thomas Partey is very good. They don't have another good midfielder at the club. Um, well, they own a couple, but they have them on loan, Guendouzi and Torreira. They're playing Granit Xhaka, who's awful. Funnily enough, the midfielder who'd be perfect for them is Ishmael Benasir, who they had for years and let him leave for peanuts. If they could get him back, that would massively improve them. Um, they could also do it at number nine, but I think I think that midfielder is a bigger need right now. For West Ham, midfield depth or a new centre-back, one or tutter. Uh, with Albana out and at 34, how how easy is he going to find it to come back from a torn ACL? Uh, Zuma's obviously out, and he'll be back in a couple of months, hopefully. But they could probably do it a centre-back. Yeah, centre-back is probably the biggest need. Alex Crowell can do the job in midfield. They just need to give him the minutes. Um, but he's very talented. So, yeah, I, I would say, all things considered then, a centre-back is probably the biggest thing for them this window. For Tottenham, I also think it's a centre-back. Now, there's some people saying, oh, they need a right wing back. I think Emerson Royal has done pretty well. Yes, his final ball needs work. He's 22. He's only learning to play as a wing back. Now, he was a full back at Betis. He is good going forward. He's talented on the ball. He's good defensively as well. I think the bigger need for them is a centre back. You've got Romero. I think they ideally need two centre backs to go with Romero and give Conte the ideal back three that he'll want. But. I do think a centre-back is a must for them in this window. Uh, Manchester United, a midfielder, central midfielder. There's no team in the league whose who's central midfield is as bad as United's, in my view. Comparable to where they should be in the table. Like You look at United's attacking options, loads of talent. They've got a lot of investment in defence, even though the defence doesn't really work. But they haven't invested in midfield since Fred. How do you do that? Like, you look at Ollie's signings for United, and he signed some wingers, he signed some strikers, he signed some attacking midfielders, signed a right back, signed a left back, signed a couple of centre backs. Never bought a midfielder. Just didn't do it. 
that's what United need to do in this window. They need to go and buy a central midfielder. Uh, Wolves, I think a centre-back. I think a centre-back is needed. Uh, Romain Sice has gone to AFCON. The short, and Willie Bolly's gone to AFCON. The short numbers there in defence. I think it would be beneficial for them to go and bring in a centre-back, a, a quality starting centre-back. Because when you look at the rest of the team, there's, there's not a whole lot of holes to pick in, in this group. There's a lot of talent there. They've got Neto to come back into it. Like you look at their bench against United, Kian Hoiver, very talented. Ray nuri has been outstanding this season. Uh, Bruno Jardel, I don't know much about. He's a midfield player. Um, they had him on loan last season. But yeah, he's back. He might be an option for them moving forward. Um, Fabio Silva, they spent big money on up front, so that gives them a bit of depth for Jimenez. John Ruddy's a solid backup keeper. Leander Dandonker's a very good player. Adama is their X factor. And then they had Luke Cundle and Hugo Bueno, two young players. But if they could sell Adama and put that money into a centre back, that I think would would massively improve them. Um, again, like with Chelsea, individually, none of the defenders are all that good, but collectively, they're very good. If you weren't aware, Bruno Lage, if you can translate Bruno Lage to German, it's Thomas Tuchel. And if you translate it back to English, it's Graham Potter. Uh, these are things that I teach you on a daily basis. Um, let's move on then. Uh, Brighton brought in Kazlowski, so they've brought in a creative midfielder, but they still need a number nine. They need a goal scorer. That's been their biggest need for two years now. So from Brighton, a number nine. Eddie Nketiah could be an option. Looks like he will leave Arsenal in this window. And he's a natural-born goal scorer. He could be a really good fit. Leicester City, um, a defensive coach is probably the biggest thing they need. But I would say they'll get Fafana back. Justin is back in training. There's not a whole lot of needs. Like It's a really good squad. So I, I don't know that they need to do anything other than get all the players back. Hire a defensive coach. If you're going to do anything, do that. Uh, Crystal Palace, a right back. A right back, I think, is their biggest need. Uh, Joel Ward is a great servant of the club, but he's a very limited footballer. And he's a level below the rest of that back line. I think a right back is their biggest need. Brentford... A right wing back. They tried to sign Vanderson, the Brazilian, but it looks like he, I think he's confirmed to Monaco now. So they need to continue to look in that area and get that position sorted. Uh, Aston Villa could go a couple of ways here. Left back, left side centre back. Could do it one in midfield. I'd say a centre-back. I'd say a centre-back to replace Mings is the biggest need for them, the most glaring need. Southampton, I think goalkeeper. There's talent in midfield. They could do it one one more for depth in midfield. They've got four centre-backs. They're all, they're all good. Good to very good. They've got three full-backs, plus Thierry Small as a long-term project at left-back. They've got their strikers. Yeah, I'd say I'd say goalkeeper. I'd say goalkeeper is their biggest need. 
or one one more for depth in midfield. Everton have dressed right back and they've brought in Michael Enko. I think centre-back is the biggest need for them. They need a commanding centre-back, someone who can organise a defence, read the game. I think centre-back. Uh, Leeds, where do you go with them? With Calvin Phillips out, it's become glaringly obvious that they could do it help in midfield. They could do it a bit of help up front, although I do really like what, what Gellhart has shown this season and the minutes he's gotten. So you wouldn't necessarily say that a goal... Like, they could do it more goals, but you could buy a good striker, you could go on a barren run. I would say someone that can play holding midfield or centre-back. Now, they've got a couple that can do that, but try and find someone that's not injury-prone. I think that would help. Uh, Watford, with the new left-back in, I think their biggest needs are going to be defensive midfield, and centre-back. And centre-back is the one, because they've been crying out for centre-back help for years now. Myself and Kevin DeVries do a uh, January and summer transfer window wrap-up, and we grade all the business of each team. And every time Watford have been in the Premier League, and we've done that, the one thing we've come away saying is Watford need to buy a centre-back. They've let themselves short again. Uh, Burnley... I think they need another attacker. Like, I really like McNeil. Max Cornet looks like a bargain at 14 million. Chris Wood is very good, but I think they could do it a fourth. So, someone who could play wide and through the middle. I think that's their biggest need. Um, Newcastle, centre backs. Centre backs. Just go and sign some centre backs. And Norwich, they need goals. Hit the eight goals in 19 games. Norwich need goals. I mentioned Eddie and Katia earlier on. They're another team that should be in for Eddie and Katia. Um, goals are their biggest need. Uh, right, we'll finish up then with the gossip and we will be done for the day. Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich and Juventus have all opened talks with Antonio Rudiger's representatives over a pre-contract agreement this month for the 28-year-old German who whose Chelsea deal expires in the summer. Someone's going to pay him a stupid amount of money. Uh, Lille have told Newcastle that Sven Botman is not for sale after the clubs discussed a fee of $30 I I think it was more that he turned them down. Uh, Newcastle have made a breakthrough in talks with Kieran Trippier. That's fine. Newcastle are set to compete with Lyon to sign Zenit St. Petersburg and Iran striker Sardar Ousman. Talented player. Uh, has been linked with moves to the Premier League for a long time. He's had a contract in the summer, so he could be a bargain this this window. Um, Chelsea's contract extension talks with Andreas Christensen have stalled again, with Barcelona interested in a January move for the Denmark defender who is out of contract in the summer. That's really not going well for Chelsea with trying to get these deals done. Romelu Lukaku has informed Thomas Tuchel he has no plans to leave Chelsea despite saying he was not happy at the club. See, he didn't say he wasn't happy at the club. This is nonsense. Chelsea have fined him, I think, 500 grand with just two weeks' wages. But it's absolute nonsense. He didn't say he wasn't happy at the club. Uh, West Ham have held talks with Gabriel Barbosa. I don't know about Gabby Gold in the Premier League, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see how it would work. Uh, Roma have submitted that. We have that. That's fine. 
Um, Nathan Patterson, we have that one. AC Milano and talks with to sign with Leal to sign Portuguese midfielder Ronaldo Sanchez. Super talented, but he can never stay fit. He'd make a good replacement for Frank Kessie, though. Um, Uruguay striker Luis Suarez wants to leave Atletico Madrid when his contract expires and hopes to be reunited with Lionel Messi at MLS site into Miami. Okay, it's a bit strange. Um, Barcelona president Joan Laporta, Laporta has said the club are back as big players when talking with the possibility of sign Erling Haaland. This is spoofing. It's absolute spoofing. So, yes, they managed to get the deal done. It turns out that they've taken a colossal extra loan on top of the loan they'd already done. Um, but they haven't been able to register Ferran Torres. So they may have bought Ferran Torres, but he can't play for them because they can't register him until they get players out the door. Um, Alvaro Morata's move to Barcelona is 95% closed with an agreement already having been reached with Juventus, where the player is on loan and Atletico Madrid. Again, can can you register him? Barcelona have no meetings planned with Usman Dembele, despite the 24-year-old having yet to decide if he would accept the club's transfer or contract renewal offer. I think he's gone. I do think he's gone. Phil Coutinho has told Barcelona he wants to leave the club this month. They've been trying to push him out the door for years. Uh, Bournemouth have agreed a deal to sign Manchester United right-back Ethan Laird, who spent the first half of the season on loan at Swansea. It's a little bit harsh. He was doing really well at Swansea. And United have just pulled the plug on that loan uh, to send him out on a different loan, which doesn't really make sense to me. But we saw the same thing happen for Swansea with Conor Gallagher when he was there. Um, so, you know, I suppose we, we'll wait and see. But I could understand if he's going to a Premier League club, but don't really get the the thought process behind loaning him to another championship club. Arsenal will listen to offers for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who could leave the club this month. Uh, Newcastle could be an interesting one there. The Gunners have made a €70 million Euro offer for Dusan Vlahovic, which would see Lucas Torreira move to the Serie A club on a permanent basis. I don't think Vlahovic would go to Arsenal, not at this point anyway. Um, Red Bull Salzburg's German striker Karim Adeyemi is Bayern Munich, Bayern, uh, Borussia Dortmund's top target to replace Erling Haaland. Fiorentina's Vlahovic, Stuttgart's Austria Ford, Sasa Kalasic, and Benfica's 22-year-old Uruguayan striker Darwin Nunes are also on their shortlist. Vlahovic and Nunes will be way out of what Dortmund are willing to pay. Uh, Dortmund are keen for the Haaland thing to be resolved before the end of the January transfer window. They're trying to get him to sign a new contract, obviously. Real Madrid's interest in Chelsea defender Antonio Rudiger has cooled, with no formal offer set to be made by the Spanish club after having discussions. I think they finally realised he wasn't worth nearly as much as he's asking for. Everton are said to want around £30 million for Luca Digne. Napoli, West Ham, Chelsea and Newcastle all interested. West Ham would be an interesting one as a replacement for Cresswell. Uh, Flamengo's Brazilian forward Gabriel Barbosa is interested, is open to join Newcastle. Uh, I think his agent is just trying to, you know, sell him around. Sevilla's 28-year-old Brazilian centre-back Diego Carlos 
is being targeted by Newcastle as a potential alternative to Sven Botman. Diego Carlos could be interesting. Uh, he's a very aggressive defender. Loves to give away a penalty. But he is good. Um, not sure. Well, I suppose for the money, he might make the move. Dutch midfielder Donny van de Beek will assess his options in January as he considers a move away from Manchester United. He's been considering a move away from Manchester United since about 20 minutes after he arrived. Juventus and Wales midfielder Aaron Ramsey has rejected a formal approach by Burnley. He said to want to return to the Premier League with Newcastle remaining keen. He's got I there's no way Burnley made him an offer. No chance at all. Burnley aren't going to sign an injury prone player on huge wages. Uh Tottenham manager Antonio Conte is yet to meet with Daniel Levy to discuss January transfers. Frank Kessie is among his top targets. Premier League sides Brighton and Crystal Palace both remain keen on Eddie and Kethia. Makes sense. Uh, Blackburn want more than thirty million for Ben Brereton Diaz. I I wouldn't pay it personally. He's had a contract in the summer, but they do have an option to extend it for a year. But I wouldn't be paying thirty million for him. Not a chance. Uh, Roma are set to complete the move for yeah, Ainsley Maitland Niles. We have that. Paris Saint Germain are interested in. Usman Dembele, I wonder is that because you know they're French, he's French, and Mundo Deportivo has decided they need to fill a column inch or two. Barcelona will look to sell Dembele quickly should the winger reject a final contract offer. It can look all they want. If he doesn't want to be sold, he can't be sold. Uh, Barcelona, Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola will be open to, open to letting Americ Laporte join Barcelona, but only if a deal saw Frankie de Jong move to the Premier League club. I don't believe that for a second. Um, Lorenzo Insigne will join MLS club Toronto FC in the summer after he agreed an 11 million euro salary. I'm I'm stunned that he's going to MLS at this point, but I think he's going to absolutely tear the league up. When You see what Giovinco did over there. Uh, Insigne is a much better player. He will be incredible in MLS. Barcelona's 21-year-old United States fullback Serginho Dest is not considering leaving the club amid interest from Atletico Madrid, Bayern Munich and Chelsea. He's a talented player. He's not going to make the grade at, at Barca, so he might well want to consider moving on and going somewhere else. Um, that is going to be me for today, folks. I will speak to you all tomorrow. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. And uh, don't cry if you're an Arsenal fan. The game's just called off. It'll be on again in a week. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.